Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha. On today's episode, we are going to talk about your role in your family's well-being. We're going to talk about this idea of generational health and how your health and the health of your ancestors can impact the health of future generations. And it's this idea of generational health. We're going to go into some of like the genetic things about it. We're going to talk about some of the differences in the way health is perceived from different generations. Um, And then we're going to talk about some lifestyle changes that can be really important and make an impact in improving health for future generations. So let's kind of dig in. I also want to remind you that I have a freebie in the show notes that talks about maintaining and improving your health as you age. So feel free to grab that since it's in line with some of the topics that we're talking about today. So when we talk about generational health, we talk a lot about, I think a lot of times we refer to our own health in terms of our inheritance of our genetics, right? And our genetics are made up of, or they are passed down from the generation previous to you, right? So if you have genetic predispositions to certain health conditions, then your children may also be at risk to inherit these genetic health conditions and factors and and thereby increasing their risk of developing these certain diseases. So we know that when we look at our ancestors and generational health, that genetic inheritance is something that's important. Next comes genetic modifications. There's a lot of this talk about epigenetics, and epigenetics refers to changes that happen in the gene expression Um, that do not involve alterations to the underlying DNA. So when we talk about epigenetic modifications, and we'll we'll dig more into this when we kind of get to the end of the podcast, but there's environmental factors that can play a part in this. And this is the part that is more controllable um, based on our lifestyle. So if you are exposed to different toxins, as if your grandparents say, were exposed to previous toxins, um, previous substances, something even as simple as, it's not even as simple, but tobacco smoke, then you are then going to be at risk for having changes in your um, epigenetics and in your gene expression that can then hinder future generations because of the exposure. Prenatal health is one that we don't talk about a lot on here because we're focusing more on women over 40, but certainly we have all heard, um, I'm sure if, if you've decided to have children that you know that prenatal health is really important and has an impact on the growth of the fetus and thereby your child's health. We talk a lot in the nutrition space about maternal maternal nutrition and how that's important. Um, smoking and alcohol abuse during pregnancy and how those um, toxins and the, and the changes in that gene expression can be harmful to the fetal development. And then also the risk of health changes in your child. I'm trying to think in here too, um, I think this is kind of where like that breastfeeding 
um, idea kind of gets in, into all this, the prenatal health of the child. And that's why I think there's such an emphasis on breastfeeding is to to change perhaps the gene expression. And so again, I don't have any side on that. I'm basically like fed is best. But just knowing that anything in the life expectancy when the child's developing, I mean, you all know that what you eat and what you're exposed to is going to have um, an impact on future generations. There are some behavioral patterns that are important too. Like this is a really big one. And this is where it's we're really going to kind of dig in towards the, you know, as we start to talk about lifestyle changes that children often model parents' behaviors. And so if you're somebody who smokes, then maybe your child will end up being a smoker. Um, maybe if you manage stress in a way that's really great, then your kid can can do that too. So just knowing that children are more likely to adopt similar ha- habits as to what their parents demonstrate and show them. And then that is also a way that promotes long-term health or maybe doesn't promote long-term health, but that can impact the health of future generations. Family culture and the way families prioritize health, um, prioritize mental health, physical health, eating, all of that stuff is usually passed down from generations. Um, you know, I think a lot of times too, that can even be like, um, when you think about like medicinal things that may work in a family, like if somebody's sick, well, this is always what you've done for previous generations. You pass that down. You don't really know why you just do it. And it seems to work knowing that that also, like there's just so many things that have a play in our daily lives. And I think that we always get so focused on like diet and exercise, but there, it's just so much bigger than that. So that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it. Knowledge and education. So if you are having this awareness about your health or um, you have pretty good knowledge about your health, then it's going to be, you're going to probably be somebody who passes down to your kids to have more preventative care, healthy habits, um, trying to find like early detection. Whereas someone who maybe isn't up to date or isn't as knowledgeable may pass that down too. And again, this episode isn't for somebody like you have to have kids in order to be like part of this episode. It isn't. I think it's just important to understand where you've come from and the impact that you can make for anybody that you're exposed to that is modeling after what you're doing. And that can be not just your children. It can be your nieces, your nephews, your parents. It can be anything. And I think as we get older, and that's what I want to talk about too, is like, our parents come from health in a very different way than perhaps we come about health and as our children come about their health. And so for many of us, we're in a time that we're taking care of our parents. And so what can be really frustrating is that you may have a different kind of knowledge about your health than maybe your parents do, and you're trying to have them take ownership or do something differently, but they may not do that because they come from a different generation. So it's kind of exploring that idea of where our health comes from and what the where we kind of shake out in terms of different generations. Um, and some of that comes with this knowledge too, that maybe they didn't have access to the knowledge and the education that you have because maybe your generation or the generation before wasn't as educated. And life in general is very different than generations ago. 
Another thing is access to healthcare. So if you're someone fortunate enough to have access to good healthcare um, and you are able to get regular checkups and vaccinations and to do medical interventions before they become something that is becomes really hor- horrific and not able to be um, and able to be managed, well, that's going to impact your health. And generation, generationally, that's going to impact the health, health of future generations, as opposed to somebody who is in a healthcare system that maybe it's really difficult to get, get those things. And it's really difficult to have regular checkups or even to have that exposure. Um, environmental, just kind of environment, like how we think about the environment, that your commitment to it, how your commitment to environmental responsibility and sustainability, um, protecting previous generations and future generations, all of this comes into play when we talk about generational health. Um, a healthier environment in general is going to contribute to better overall health for all of the generations that come after you. Mental health, so your emotional health, your mental well-being, how you're raising your children when it comes to your emotional health and well-being, how you're impacting other people when it comes to your emotional health and well-being, all of that prioritization and all of that um just kind of having conversations around that and the idea that seeking help is okay when you need it and and promoting emotional resilience and responsibility, this can really impact the mental health of your family moving forward. And also in generations previous, I mean, in my own family, I'm probably one of the first to really seek out, I mean, meant some mental health, I mean, services to get help. And it's so interesting because previous generations had seen as not something that people want to do, but it's also been able to help me deal with my own child and then to also deal with my mom um, and my siblings too. So, I mean, I think just having some kind of emotional just emotional health or responsibility, it can be really impactful for many generations. And then lastly, before we talk about like the generational differences with health, just what you want to leave behind when it comes to your legacy of health. You know, I think like this idea of sharing your health experiences, the lessons that were learned, any insights about your own health, all of these things can be really important and really beneficial for your children or your grandchildren. And why that is, is because you can empower your family moving forward to make informed choices and to foster a legacy of health and maybe mental health awareness and just overall health within your family. So there, these are some of the reasons why your health today impacts the health of future generations. So when we talk about understanding about our own health, I think it's really important to understand how each generation may think about their health and how they kind of came about their health. And so why I think this is important is because life is very different than it used to be. And then in the future, it's going to be very different than it is now. 
And so there can be a really broad generalization about how people think about their health. And I'm going to try to simplify this and not go into so many details, but baby boomers, we're going to talk about three generations. We're going to talk about baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials. And baby boomers are basically anybody who was born after the war. And so typically these include people born between 1946 and 1964. For me, these are my parents. They would have both been baby boomers. And so for baby boomers, they are more likely to prioritize their, you know, making sure that their chronic disease risk is low and less they probably didn't focus so much on their mental health, right? So I think the priority is like going to doctor's appointments and listening to your doctor as opposed to mental health because that's how they, that's how previous generations were. And so they were kind of following along with that, except taking pretty good control on their, on their risk of, of not wanting to get chronic disease. People of this generation are much more trusting of the healthcare system and doctors in general. So a lot of times your parents may, you know, trust doctors complicitly and not ask any questions. And that may seem really frustrating to you. And so the goal with this generation is for them to have much more rounded health care, right? You want them to be in a place that they are worried about their chronic disease risk, but then also finding this perspective of of including mental health in there. And I think also getting to a place that you may not be able to change the way that they trust their um, doctors, but maybe there's a way that, you know, you're able to kind of take baby steps with this generation in terms of like asking more questions or at least having you present in the doctor's appointment so that you know, this is a very independent generation, so they may want to go to doctor's appointments by themselves without you, but just kind of opening up that there can be more than just one thing that the doctor says and that there's many things now and there can be second opinions and different ways to help your parents um, deal with their health. And for, I think a lot of people, I mean, in this generation, mental health is a really big thing. And I think there's a lot of suffering um, in this generation. So this idea of trying to normalize mental health services and and really stress the importance of mental health services in terms of chronic diseases may be a better way to kind of help manage your parents as opposed to being really frustrated with them um, that there's such a focus on relying 100% on the doctors and no focus on no focus on emotional health. And so the goal here is to be like and try to think about health in a more in a more well-rounded um, approach. And maybe even if they need alternative practices besides just what their doctor says, that that could be something that could be helpful too. So Generation X is myself, is and perhaps it's you too. So you are somebody who's born between 1965 and 1980. And Generation X are... And why I wanted to point this out and do these these different things is because Generation X is more likely to prioritize the care of everybody else beyond themselves. So Generation X is more likely to prioritize taking care of your kids, your parents. And there seems to be, when it comes to health, less focus on yourself, 
less focus on your mental health, but you know it's probably important. And really, perhaps you're somebody who's very easily distracted by the high demands of responsibility. You may be more educated than your um, than your parents, and you may feel like that there is this responsibility and that you have these high demands that you're trying to like manage your career that maybe is a bigger career than your parents had, but then also trying to, you know, kind of take care of everybody, whether whether that's your parents or your loved ones or your friends, whatever it is, there seems to be a more um, giving up of everything for yourself so that you can be and focus less on yourself and less on your overall health. So the goal here is to really come to terms with the idea that you need to make yourself a priority and that that is the best way that you can really start to help other people and how you can really help your family is to take care of yourself first because as you're able to do that and to take more care of yourself then you're able to actually help more people and so the goal here is to be open to including mental health or at least having boundaries in places that maybe you don't have it now um and it's interesting with our gen with this generation is that you know, it's, you're in a place where you have access, you may be more educated, you have access to more information than perhaps the previous generations. You have more access to technology and things that can make your life very easy, but you're not doing and taking advantage of those resources to help yourself. You're really doing that to help other people. And so the idea of having a refocus on what is important to you and how to make yourself a priority so that you can then be of better service because that seems to be what this generation really wants and how by doing that you can then help other people and maximize that impact on other people. Now millennials are born between 1980 and 1996. So this generation is way more advanced with technology but what's interesting is they're less likely to go to doctors. And that may just be because they're younger in general and they maybe just don't have a need to have to go to doctors right now. But what's so interesting too is that so much of the information and the education that they get, so they are bombarded with so much education, but so much of their education doesn't come from their family doctor. It comes from social media and it comes from the internet. And that's where a lot of health information can be obtained. And so this can be conflicting. It can be either really helpful because you have a ton of information at your fingertips, but it can also be really unhelpful because perhaps you're seeking information from sources that maybe aren't as reputable because maybe, you know, today's day and age, anybody can be anything. And so they maybe aren't relying on the best advice from their primary physicians. They may be getting advice from somebody that they like or somebody that just really doesn't have the background to be, you know, spouting the health information that they're receiving. This generation also has higher rates of obesity. There is higher rates of debt in general, and millennials are also more likely to live in poverty. Um, what's interesting is that this generation also um, 
is more likely to try other health alternatives. So it might not just be like one thing like Western medicine. They may be more, I think because there's probably much more access to so much information that they may be more willing to do things and go to people that in previous generations they weren't. So for instance, maybe there's somebody who is getting chiropractic therapy or they believe in Reiki or they believe in something that wasn't passed down from their previous generation. They're more open to things that are that maybe they found outside of their country or that they have been exposed to from being so tech savvy. And so the goal here with millennials is to really try to establish a regular healthcare team. Um, especially, you know, I, I think it really just depends if, if there's millennials are supposed to be able to have like better health insurance. Um, but I think that really, really depends on if they're able to get jobs and things like that. So really it's trying to really kind of rein them in and to establish that there still needs to be regular, that you still kind of need to get some information from reputable sources, trying to teach that. And then also trying to make sure that there is some kind of healthcare team that is reputable and that they can see regularly in order to continue to improve their health as they continue to age. So these differences are so funny, but I think they're also important to know because if you're caring for a loved one or you just love somebody who's in a different age bracket than you, then it's important to understand how they feel about their health and where they're just the context of where their health comes from and how they think about their health and where their values stand when it comes to their health and how they look really different than perhaps your values and how much you partake in your health um, and and what what the kind of what the etiology of that and and so it's important to know that so that you can be successful in continuing to increase or improve the health as for your senior um, generations and for future generations. So now that we've kind of talked about this idea of like why generational health is something that's interesting and some of their reasons and how they can be so different, this idea, idea of health in general from previous generations, let's start to talk about like why and what is it that you can do to improve your health for future generations? So we know that what you do today can have a lasting impact on the health and the well-being of future generations. And by making a conscious effort to lead a healthy lifestyle, um, prioritizing preventative care, can foster a sense of legacy for future descendants. But I think also noting that it can also help if your previous generations are receptive to it. Um, I think all of it, because then if you have future generations who model health, you model health, then those changes will then, the benefit of those changes will trickle down to previous generations. And then also you're modeling this behavior to current generations so that that can then also trickle down to, to the upcoming descendants. So improving your health for future generations involves a lot of things. And since on this podcast, we talk about preventative care and things that are related to lifestyle choices, 
that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about lifestyle choices that are conscious that you can do to promote um, not only your own well-being, but also the well-being of your descendants or your loved ones. And so again, reminding you that this idea of having impact can make an impact. You can make an impact on generations ahead of you, um, behind you, and also people, friends and family that, you know, may not be directly linked to your descendants, but, you know, modeling that behavior can be really important because you don't know what impact you're going to have and who somebody's going to look at you and the changes that you're making and how much they're going to benefit from that. So knowing that you're just by you demonstrating some of these changes that you're doing today is going to be really helpful for probably lots of people that you interact with. So don't discount the idea that you, you know, that, that what you're doing isn't impacting anybody. Firstly, it's impacting yourself, but then I think you have such an impact when you put yourself in a position that you're taking control of your health. I think for a lot of women that is seen as something like so rare so that you are then being looked at by other women like, wow, look at what she's doing for herself. And I don't care what that looks like for you. I don't care if you're discounting it because you don't think it's enough. Whatever you're doing that you are taking a look at your own health and you feel like you are doing something no matter how small, is going to be so big for somebody else. They can see it and you're giving them hope. So first, this idea of giving hope is this idea of leading by example. So one of the, as we dig into one of the things that you can do to improve health for future generations, knowing that you are leading by example. Any healthy behavior that you are modeling is going to have an impact for your own children, for your grandchildren, for your grandparents, for your parents, for your aunts, uncles, anybody, your friends. Leading by example is going to be something that you may not even notice is happening, but when someone sees you prioritizing your own health, they are going to be more likely to be given permission to do the same for themselves. So leading by example is probably one of the best ways that you can improve anything when it comes to family health. Um, healthy eating, of course, I'm all about healthy eating as I am a dietitian. So focusing on things that are rich in fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats. When it comes to healthy eating, I don't have a way that I'm saying, oh, you have to eat like this. What we know, what evidence has shown is that everybody needs fruits and veggies. Most of the time, especially if you're in a westernized culture, you're going to be replacing fruits and vegetables with sugar, sugary beverages that don't offer the same nutrition. So any diet or any pattern of eating that you decide to do needs to include fruits and veggies because that's where you're going to get a lot of your nutrition and a lot of your good you know, we talk a lot about like antioxidants. We talk about different things that help um, gene expression and ju just to keep your genes and to keep all the bad stuff out of your body. Fruits and veggies is a way to do that. Also, whole grains, having protein and having fat. You know, these are all the things. I think that's why paleo, people go back to paleo so often is because it's kind of like going back to nature the way your grandparents ate. That's the allure of it. But rather than focus on that, I think it's really just thinking about things in a way that 
the more processed foods are, the more sugar the foods have in them, the more salt, excessive amounts of salt that are in something, all of those things are going to be things that increase your disease of risk, your disease risk. So if you're eating something that has a lot of sugary beverages over and over again, that's going to increase your risk of diabetes. If you're somebody who is eating lots of salt, you may have a history of high blood pressure. That's going to then impact your own risk of getting high blood pressure. It's going to increase your risk. So really looking at food in a way of like what you really need and what we know we need is we need complex carbs. So you need, you know, things like whole grains, you need fruits and veggies, you need protein at most meals. I'm a big protein um, advocate, making sure that you have at least a protein at every meal. And then also making sure that you eat your healthy fats. You need the omega-3s. You need the, um, however it looks like for you. You need fish. You need olive oil. All those things are really good. You need nuts and peanuts if you don't have allergies. So just kind of focusing on like the basics, right? Exercise is also something we know that it's important. So incorporating a regular physical exercise into your routine is going to be something that is going to impact your family. So this is however you can do it. And I wouldn't focus it on being something that's like a task that you have to do, but in a way to really make it fun for your family. And really a way that you can look at it is like an activity that you all do together. I think if you're looking at it in terms of like, oh, I have to do this. This is my exercise. Like I think for a lot of women who are in their 40s or 50s, exercise is seen as something that is like a way to punish and torture yourself. But really looking at it in a way as maybe someone older or someone younger looks at it in a way that it can be really fun and it can be something that's going to help you feel good and really starting to have that mindset shift that it doesn't have to be just pain and torture, but really it can be something that you may enjoy, may make you feel better, that there are other implications and that also your children, if you have children are modeling you and just kind of knowing that showing and leading by example, that having regular exercise is really important, especially when it comes to future generations. Stress management is something also that is going to be important. We know by now that especially if you're a woman in your forties, you are going to the less the more stressed you are, the more you're going to release these um, chemicals and these fight or flight hormones and this cortisol that's going to increase your risk of diseases. Um, And so what do you do about that? And how you can start to teach family members, especially if you have older family members that don't have that emotional or that mental health um, connection because they didn't learn it, how to manage their own stress, how to become mindful if they need to, or how to meditate. And then also for any children that may be in your life to help them practice and understand ways that can help them feel more control of their feelings. Regular checkups is another way that you can improve your health for future generations, maintaining just some kind of daily or weekly or some kind of way that you're doing some kind of early detection and prevention. So doing things like regular exercise and healthy eating and managing your stress is a way that you can 
regularly check in with yourself, but then also keeping all of your screenings appropriate for each of your ages, because that's going to be a way that it's really simple way that you can start to figure out if anything is changing or if there's anything that needs your attention at this point in time. We wouldn't be talking about nutrition if we weren't talking about the idea of weight. Weight is something that is prevalent. Obesity is something that's very prevalent. Um, Maybe these generations now more than previous generations. So just having a conversation about weight might be very different according to different generations. And so how you can help improve your health for future generations is Maybe having this idea that you're not doing extreme dieting, that you're not talking about food all of the time in the way that maybe your parents did, that there is more, that there's just a different conversation when it comes to weight management, weight stigma, um, and how you perceive weight in general. And knowing that like, you know, you're eating healthy, you're exercising, you're doing the things, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be something extreme that you're talking about weight in a way that maybe as, isn't as stigmatized as in previous generations. I think that's a really big one. Hopefully with like BMI kind of going away that we don't say like, oh yeah, I want to be in this BMI while not looking at any of the things that you're doing that can be really harmful to keep you within a BMI that looks normal. And so that's kind of the goal with with future generations is how you talk about your weight, the stigmatization around weight, um, and that you can still maintain weight or achieve a healthy weight with a combination of how you eat, if you're able to exercise, how you're able to manage your stress, Um, And that weight maybe doesn't have to fall into those BMI categories in order for you to feel like you're quote unquote enough or quote unquote worthy enough. Um, One of the biggest things that you can do is to limit your smoking or alcohol. Um, I think probably previous generations did a lot of, it was really prompted. I mean, I think it was really glamorized, this idea of smoking. So just knowing that if you smoke, And if you drink alcohol, you are going to be more at risk for passing that down to previous generations. Um, You know, some of it by genes and some of it by modeling and maybe a combination of both. So just kind of being aware of that. When we talk about future generations, I think it's also important to talk about this sense of environmental responsibility. So as we hear more about how we are damaging the environment. I think there's going to be more of an emphasis on promoting our own environmental and environmentally responsible behaviors. And so what that means to your family, does it mean reducing waste, conserving resources, minimizing your exposure to things that maybe are considered environmental toxins? Um, this is going to really it's going to be so different according to what country you live in. And, and some of this may not be within your control, but I, I definitely think it's probably something that a lot of people are thinking about. Um, 
Another way that we can help our future generations are things like safety awareness. So making sure that your kids are safe when they're exposed to water, um, that they're wearing helmets, when they're riding their bikes or doing things that are dangerous, um, wearing seatbelts, just things like that. Making sure they're in their age-appropriate car seats. That's a that's a way that I think has become a little bit more mainstream and that probably differs according to whatever country you live in. And let's talk about mental health because this is a really big one um, for for health in terms of our emotional well-being. So if you're somebody who is very good at keeping your doctor's appointments and you're very good with having routine checkups, this may be something that helps you is this idea of prioritizing your mental health so that you can create this supportive environment and that your family can start to feel a little bit more comfortable with discussing mental health issues. This can be whatever it looks like for you. This could be you know, being on being diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and actually going on medication for it. This could be seeing a therapist. This could be um, whatever it is you need, or your parents need, or your friends and family need. Kind of normalizing this idea that mental health is important and that it should be as much of a priority as it is for your risk of chronic diseases. Mental health is everything. And I think that we're living in a culture, I I think especially with the youth being more focused on this, that this is becoming something that is more important. But also keeping in mind that that is something that that can be really helpful for you too, and for maybe even your parents for previous generations. Another way that you can ensure your family's health would be making sure that you're up to date on any thing that can help you prevent diseases, um, you know, whether that's routine checkups or getting your vaccinations. And again, this can be so multifaceted according to your beliefs, but just kind of throwing that in there that, you know, however you feel about it, just kind of what you think you need to do to prevent yourself and your family from preventable diseases. Um, Education is a really big one when it comes to improving your health for future generations, Um, really staying informed about health-related topics, sharing the knowledge that you have with your family, although they probably won't listen, Um, you know, and trying to find sources that may be more reputable as opposed to relying on just one person that maybe you particularly don't trust or, you know, something that's out there that's not very reputable. So really kind of getting into a place that you can stay informed about health-related topics, especially if they're something that impacts your family. So if you're a family that struggles with um, diabetes or heart disease, I think they all, or high blood pressure, they seem to be the really big ones in the U.S., trying to figure out ways that as a family and as the generations previous to you and the the, the generations that are coming after you, how there is a way that you can kind of be on top of that before those diseases become something more and until they progress. Um, I'm thinking a lot of my own, I, I, you know, I work in a dialysis clinic and so a lot of times 
the number one cause why patients are on dialysis is the one and two is diabetes and number two is high blood pressure. And so a lot of times there is this idea like, oh, well, my mom had diabetes and so I have to have diabetes, which isn't always true. And the same with blood pressure, because there are some things in there that we can control. And it's just trying to be aware of what that controllable piece is. Um, and that modifiable factor can be. Again, it doesn't mean that you won't develop the disease. It just means that you may be able to, you know, keep it off for longer, or perhaps you can manage it better so that you don't get to a place that the previous generation did because you have much more education. And to really talk about these topics, I think that a lot of times in different communities, nobody talks about it. And so nobody knows the extent of what your family members have been through or how bad it has been and really talking about it because I think it's in a way that it can increase awareness about your own health. Um, And I think that can be really important, especially for generations to come. And I think this is also leads into the next thing, which is like knowing what your family's health history is, right? There can be potential genetic risk factors that you are um, that you found yourself. And I mean, you, you hear these stories about people who, um, you know, that maybe generations died previous and nobody knew why. And then there's someone in the family that it happens to, and then they're so brave that they end up getting genetic testing and then the family gets genetic testing. And then here it becomes all this information about now this family has this genetic condition that nobody knew existed. And now as a family collectively, they can decide what to do. And it's, the knowledge piece that they were so brave to get this genetic testing. And so maybe that applies to you. Um, Maybe there's something that you've been scared to do. And maybe there's something that you're not sure as a family that you may be at risk for, but that you see somebody and you see a geneticist or you see your own, your own doctor and you know, like, okay, this is our risk factor of determining or having this disease and really just kind of identifying that. So as a family, you can decide individually what you need to do for your own health, but that you have all of your options available to you. But again, none of this would be possible unless you actually have healthcare. So kind of getting to a place that you're advocating for access to healthcare for all your family members. And trust me, I know that that's not an easy thing, Um, but that you start to support policies and initiatives that improve healthcare availability and affordability for everybody. Because if one person benefits, then I'm assuming that there's other people in your family that can benefit too. And so I think when we look at a lot of times, especially on here too, we talk about so much about our health. It's so focused on our own personal decisions, but there is a bigger piece when it comes to health that includes um, your family dynamic. It includes education. It includes access. It includes just this legacy of health that you have and that your family has. It all is really important. And I think that then also shapes your your personal feelings about your own health. So we're just going to talk about a a couple more things when it comes to talk about how you can improve your health for future generations. And the, the first one is healthy relationships. So knowing that, um, having healthy relationships, whatever that looks like to you, whether your friends or your family or your family is your family, having healthy relationships in general, we know helps the emotional well-being of other people and of yourself. 
and it fosters the supportive relationship within your own family. And just in general, having healthy relationships and these social connections plays a really significant role in each person's individual health. Um, this legacy of health, so really trying to figure out like within your own family system, sharing your own health experiences, again, the lessons learned, the insights so that you all kind of have an idea of what your stock is and what you hope to either keep or to change or to make different for generations to come. And then lastly, this bigger picture of like community engagement, like trying to, or if you feel like as a family to get involved into these community health initiatives and activities so that you can create a healthier environment for future generations. This can look like breast cancer walk and participating in raising money if you have a really strong history of breast cancer. It could be for any cancer. It could be for diabetes. They do the diabetes walk and be for Alzheimer's. Whatever it is for your family that could be something that could be really impactful for your own health as you age or for the future health of your own children. And trying to figure out how to really support that initiative so that the funding can be there so that as you continue to age, and as your children continue to get older and maybe have their own children, that you're able to really maybe find a cure or maybe find some more things that can help decrease the risk overall for future generations of that particular disease. So again, it's not looking at health just individually, it's looking at health in the bigger picture and how your health is so important and the previous generations and the future generations all really come together in terms of helping um, your family history when it comes to health in general. And so if you've been sticking by me with this episode, I feel like this can be one that people love or one that people hate. But knowing that whatever you do in, in any of these changes, they're going to be really important for your own health and for the health of your family. And that knowing that like any change that you do instills, especially if it's a change towards growth and towards health, it may seem so small to you, but it can instill something so small in somebody that they need it. Like the smallest piece of some kind of motivation to see you doing something that somebody else is now able to do. So by making these changes and instilling these healthy values and learning them, these behaviors are going to be important for you. They're going to be important for your family, and they're going to have a lasting impact on the health of your well-being and the well-being of your future generations. And your efforts towards your own health can contribute to a legacy of health and vitality that will benefit your descendants to come. And it reminds us that any action that you take can have a lasting impact on the well-being of yourself, your your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your nieces, your nephews, and that by prioritizing talking about your health, communicating about your health and being proactive in your wellness practices, all of these things just create a positive legacy on health 
that exp- that extends way beyond your own lifetime. And if you're able to kind of be open to that and to work together to nurture previous and future generations, we collectively can contribute to a healthier, happier future for everyone. And so I think that you just today look at some of the things that you're doing towards your own health and remember that whatever it is, no matter how small, that it's going to be important that you're making an impact and that most changes start really small and they go consistently. There's a consistent step towards growth and that over time that becomes a really big change. And so knowing to start where you are today is something that is may sound really simple, but it has a really huge impact. And I'll leave you with a quote by Naeem Calloway, since I love to do my quotes. Sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life. Tiptoe if you must, but take a step. And so whatever you can do today to take a step in a direction that will improve your health, that may improve the health of your parents or your loved ones, is going to be a really important step to take. And no matter how small it seems, it opens a conversation and it leads to future generations of health. And that step is going to extend beyond perhaps even your lifetime. So I appreciate you guys for listening and I thank you and I will see you guys back here next week. Have a good week.